Welcome to an all-new Restoration Today podcast brought to you by DOT. Replace heavy jugs plus get better mold cleaning power with less odor and less product. DOT Cleaner features dilute oxidation technology powered by DOT's patented NT7 molecule. Get a free sample of DOT Mold Stain Cleaner and 20% off your first order at dotcleaner.com. A little does a lot. Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, we are talking about a hot topic. It is ERPs or emergency response plans. Um, Restoration companies can create these with some of their customers to have relationships established before something bad happens, before you are needed so that poof, when something bad happens, you get that call for the work. So I am joined by Jeff Carrier. He is the founder of Restoration ERP, and he's also one of the co-founders of Restoration Digital Marketing. So we might talk about the digital marketing stuff later on in the podcast, but we're going to start off talking about ERPs. So Jeff, thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to toss it over to you and have you share a little bit about your background as you do come from the industry. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle, for having me on. Glad to be here. Glad to talk about this topic. Um, As you mentioned, it has been a hot topic. Been speaking with a lot of owners over the last uh, few years as we launched Restoration ERP, which was uh, June 1st, hurricane season of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. Perfect. Um, Yeah. Kind of funny how that happened, but my background is I was head of sales and marketing for an independent restoration contractor. Um, So I was familiar with everything kind of online marketing, as well as boots on the ground marketing, as well as managing salespeople. So we, I had a lot of experience and background there for about seven plus years until we um, as a company, the restoration company launched launched digital marketing Mm -hmm. services for other companies across the country. And that's where we kind of, kind of, um, I had listened to a lot of owners. They want more commercial work, more water, more commercial work. You know, it's just like, it's the consistency right there. And so I figured, um, it eventually came to a boiling point where, you know, I worked with the developer, we developed a product that from my experience, you know, going out, doing sales calls, executing these, managing people. Um, I kind of knew what I thought. I kind of had a feeling on what independent restoration contractors would want out of a program like this to kind of bring the ERPs to the next level to the 21st century. And then, um, you know, that's where Restoration ERP was born. Okay. So explain what an ERP is for people who are watching it and are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's another acronym in the industry. IICRC, ERPWLS. Yeah. So, so many, um, ERPs, and they go by many names, different organizations call them, you know, code reds or preps or whatever. And, you know, they're all essentially the same. It's a pre-loss agreement, a disaster preparedness plan for a company building facility where you're essentially going in, assisting them in getting some information and documentation ready in case there is an emergency. Who do they call? What do they do? Um, allows the restoration company to be a little bit better prepared in response. They know the floor plans. Maybe they've done a, um, a sketch of the layout. And that way, quote unquote, they can help minimize costs and disruption and time, turnaround time. Uh, in return, typically, that's where the pre-loss agreement comes in. The, rest, uh, the building, the facility, uh, facility engineer and building company will agree to use you on um, or at least place you as their first phone call for any disaster-related needs. So it's a little bit of a upfront cost and initiative from the restoration company. And then you're looking for that, that long, that commitment long-term. 
So who are you finding within a restoration company is typically approaching these entities for this contract? Is it normally a business development person? Is it a project manager? Is it a GM owner? All of the above? Yeah. I I mean, there's definitely different roles that I've come across with restoration ERP with people trying to, to do them. I found to be the best is when you have a truly dedicated business development slash salesperson in a role that is, you know, doing the proper prospecting, uh, outreach, setting up the meetings, doing the walkthroughs, et cetera. Um, everyone else that you kind of described just has other things on their plate that even if you are the owner, even if you are the product manager, maybe you are in front of these people, but you have a lot more tasks related things to do um, that would take away from having a, a properly and more successful ERP program. So do you need to be kind of a certain size company to start offering ERPs, have kind of certain departments and things in place before you offer them? Maybe not just, you know, you and maybe a couple other people. Yeah. So I would think that the, the base minimum is got to be a full-time salesperson. Now, just because you have one salesperson still might not mean this might be the best for you because you might choose, Hey, I want this person to go after insurance. I want this person to be developing plumber relationships. Um, but I would say at least one person that could commit a minimum of 50% of their time. You may, it doesn't have to be a hundred depending on your market to the, the ERP process. Um, Cause there's a lot of steps in it. Um, and if you're the company, you really want it to be successful. So that has kind of a range in terms of when people start hiring their first full-time salesperson, but I would say it starts right around then. So what does a properly kind of set up ERP look like? What are some of the components in it that it needs? So one of the good things about the ERP process, um, in my opinion, and compared to other strategies when it comes to marketing and sales in the registration industry is that there is a little bit of a process and flow that's kind of designed into it and a little bit of a yes or no. And if anyone's ever tried to manage salespeople, you know, they'll, they'll understand where I'm coming from. Like I have, which is nice because, you know, I, I did it myself, but also manage salespeople. And one of the worst things to hear is, oh, I had a great lunch. They're going to call us on the next call. And that's it. That's all you have to go off of. Well, with the ERP, you have a, a you have a few steps in the process that's kind of defined, which is nice for again you and the salesperson if you're the manager, and that is you, you have your your prospecting, your outreach process, your your scheduling, your your demo and presentation is kind of like step two. Step three is kind of the close, and you get that yes or no, and then you're and then if you get the yes, you go on to the the walkthrough and the onboarding phase which is relatively self-explanatory, easy. If you ever heard a, you know, a restoration company say, if we get the call and we show up, you know, we're going to close it. Um, after that, restoration companies are great at walking through facilities, collecting data. Um, and then if you get a no, no problem. Well, now guess what? The, the salesperson doesn't have to call on them every other month asking if something happened, trying to take them out to lunch every other month, every once, every three months. And so then you can put that company, that organization on the, on the back burner, you know, maybe ask them if they could follow up next year. And you'd be surprised how many times they still call you because you've kind of gone through this, this professional sales process um, that's consistent and it's repeatable. Okay. So what puts companies ahead of the competition in their market offering ERPs? Like say you have just as an example, like an ATI and a blue sky in a market, and they are both offering ERPs and they are both going in. I have no idea how either of them do it. So we we're not calling anybody out here, but like what makes the difference between, you know, closing one and not closing one? 
You know, that's a great question. And, and a lot of it is going to be, uh, if, they're, if they're both targeting the same organization, you know, it really comes down a lot of the times to the organization. When I'm speaking to our owners, you'll get a lot of organizations and, and people that are in a um, position, a decision maker position, either, you know, they're very type A, they've got very good control on their building, they've got good um, budgetary things set up. Um, and so having a plan in place is either already in place or they see the value in it right away. Um, now, in order two companies are kind of going in there and offering a very similar product, it's, it's going to be very difficult. Um, and that's kind of where we started. That's where we, this we built Restoration ERP for was to take it from the paper and binder strategy that even in some of the largest organizations, which kind of surprised me, we in, intentionally um, you know, did this for just independence, but we're really seeing a lot of buy-in from even franchises um, because they didn't have an online cloud-based solution. So I think that could be one way that you could easily separate yourself is, is having some kind of online solution in this day and age where you want the company, the facility to access their information 24-7 from any device. So how does it work if it's digital? Like if they can go in and update anything at any time, is that also how they alert you? Or I mean, what all does that involve if you're gonna if you're able to do this electronically versus the binder, like you said? Yeah, so exactly. You can access any of the data, you can download it, you know, floor plans in the middle of the night, you can make updates in the middle of the night. You know, there's there's uh, different platforms that have a different approach um, and you can get alerted when certain documents in your plan is expiring, for example, that's something that um, our uh, solution has. And of course, all of the contacts and vendors are in there. So they're all clicked to call. You don't need to remember any names or, or phone numbers. And more importantly though, that's really good for people that's not your direct contact. You know, you're, I always tell everyone, we, we don't need a big red button in the app because your facility director is gonna know who you are and should be calling you directly. But if security and overnight uh, personnel needs to contact the right people, now they know where to go and who to contact because they're the ones that you're not really communicating with on a regular basis. So how does have, having an ERP in place also help speed up the initial response and like mitigation stabilization process if it's a water loss, for example? Yeah, I think honestly, it's a little bit on more on the peace of mind side. Um, I think it helps like a tiny bit um, the general concept is we've got your floor plans. We probably can picture how much square feet is projected to be affected. And we know how much equipment to bring. Cause if you've ever taken these phone calls from these facility people, I mean, it's like 60 seconds, 120 seconds and they're, you know, they're putting out fires. So <laughs> it's nice for them to say, Hey, we've got an issue on XYZ floor. We think it's affecting, you know, two or three of these buildings may be down. And if you had the floor plans, which, you've, which we've done more than once, we can get a general idea very quickly of how much we need to be at least immediately responding to and getting. And then from there, you can kind of uh, get your, get your eyes on the, on the site and the loss and then properly measure from there. Are there any um, like sectors of the economy, business niches that you find to be like good targets for ERPs? I'm sure that there have to be. And then maybe there are some that aren't like people have tried to go after those and like, that's just not a good area to go. Yeah. So one that's a really hot one right now is assisted living. Um, from what we're, from what we're hearing and seeing is that all assisted living facilities are basically again, mandated to have a plan in place, some kind of plan on paper um, there. So we're seeing that across the board. We've got 
you know, clients that, for example, work with some large um, assisted living facilities where they have a 165 page document. That's their plan. You know, it's a national assisted living facility and it's 165 pages. It's not dynamic at all. It's very static. How do you, how do you sift through where the shutoffs are? And so when you could imagine someone walking in this frustration company, you know, it was they're, they're, they're able to easily sell them by porting over the data they already have into a more dynamic solution um, that all of their people can access from each, you know, building and, and so on and so forth. Um, so assisted living facilities right now are very hot. Um, hospitality works very well. I like to say that a lot of facilities that probably probably have a facility manager, but rely on their vendors a lot are going to be a key like commercial property managers. Those are probably the top three and something like municipalities are probably a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, they're, they don't like agreements. Um, it's the city stuff. So, you know, for one, it's probably not super ideal. It's, it would be that. Got to bring that before boards, get it approved, all the things. Although I guess maybe some other entities are the same, but. Yeah. You know. If you have boards too, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as you go into restoration companies to help them with their ERP process, what are some of the things that you're seeing restoration companies are doing or like steps that they're missing in the ERP process or mm-hmm. components that they're missing in these plans that they're creating for their clients? So the most difficult part is really just for whatever reason, even though they, they, you know, some organizations like the idea, it's really just kind of, kind of committing from, from the base level of, okay, here's what our process is. Now let's make sure that we're making X, Y, Z amount of calls and then implementing a KPI that you're tracking and then able to double back on a monthly basis. What ends up happening is they may, like the idea may have some commercial clients, but this other salesperson's also responsible for just so many other things, uh, mm-hmm. including outside the commercial industry, maybe job related things. Um, and so, and then they're not measuring how much square feet or how many ERPs are brought in. Like anything else, you, you really just have to put in place, like this is our strategy and then measuring it on a monthly basis, making sure it's at the forefront. Um, a lot of them don't have really any of the documentation, to be honest, if they're new, like they don't have, and as you could imagine, why would they, they don't have what an ERP agreement looks like a pricing template. They don't have uh, questions to be asked on the walkthrough an ERP checklist to be collected, data to be collected. Um, so that's one of the first things that we learned was, Hey, we're just going to supply the platform and we're good. But we learned very quickly that no, that's not enough. Like we're, we're, so we've added, uh, sales and marketing material downloads are completely edible. So that way you can basically just swap out your logo and get running. Um, we've got video articles on how to sell the process. And we now are offering, you know, we've hired a full-time salesperson to do sales support um, to actually implement it. Cause that's the last part. Cause once we, we still can't give you documents. Um, you still have to really kind of commit to, Hey, I made this amount of calls. Here's how many I've got in the pipeline following up with these people. It's a true commitment and strategy. How much time would you say like a business, like business development departments that are working on this, do a lot of them have somebody who's working practically full time on just this alone? 
the ERP process. ERP. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, that's, that's their thing. They want commercial. Their whole job is, is commercial. And, and, and there's a lot of parts to that. There's obviously the selling of it. There's the onboarding part. You've sold it, you know, and now we got to get the data in there. And then you have the, the follow-up management part. One of the best things about um, commercial sales is that it is for the most part, it's residual and it's compounding. So once you put up all this front work in two, three, four, five years, your costs per acquisition for these customers are dramatically lower. It's just scary up front when you have a salesperson spending 40 hours a week and it's slow to get off the ground. But we have accounts that still to this day that we set up seven plus years ago that still call the restoration company with zero amount of sales and effort that goes into it. So that's where, that's where the, you know, the true compounding growth comes in for the company. Um, and so there's three parts to, to double back on that. It's the, it's the sales part, it's the, the data and onboarding, and then you have the, the account management, which is following up with them, touching base, which is done at a lot less than normal markets. Once you got them on board, you're doing it semi-annually, annually, but you're also going to have where they have, they have losses, right? Hopefully on a yearly basis. So really that's one of your awesome touch points. You just go out there and make sure the job's running well. So once you have an ERP in place with say a, a nursing home or assisted living facility, how often are you reviewing that with them to make sure everything's up to date? And again, is that the same salesperson probably that's managing that process? Yeah. Yeah. Really the only time that typically the salesperson is not um, only involved. And again, every company can set this up however they want mm -hmm. is sometimes during the walkthrough, if you have enough flexibility on your team and you can send out a project manager to do the walkthrough, that really gives the facility that kind of warm and fuzzies. And, and it's really good for your company too, um, to show that you're, you're taking a production person out there. Outside of that, data collection, that's a great touch point for your salesperson, a very meaningful one. Um, and you're probably doing that. And see, here's the thing. We would, it, very, very difficult to do on paper and binder. I mean, just <laughs> super difficult to do. So we didn't do it a whole lot. I mean, we would, we would have like a lunch every year or, or semi-annually. But in terms of updating that plan, that was very difficult to do. The, so the hope and idea is if it's electronically, um, we send out notifications when documents are expiring and, and those get updated. So what kind of data is going into an ERP? And do you see any restoration companies using some of the more modern technology in the industry? This is maybe a little advanced, but like, like 3D imaging or anything to really get good pictures and images of what a space looks like for their, for the ERP. Yeah. So you have, first you have, um, general vendor, vendor organization data contacts. Then you have your building data, which is like your general, uh, how many floors, where are the elevators located, uh, lock boxes, um, shutoffs, photos, et cetera, like that. And now, you know, if you do have an online plan, you can add in to your point, you can add Matterports scans that you could never access before. So now your plan is a lot more dynamic. Um, which of course Matterports in themselves can have a lot of data inside of that, that if it's inside the plan. So you could do Matterports. And then documents play a really important section because depending on who you get on board in the organization, you can have HR documents, insurance documents. You can have um, budgetary items if, if they so wish. And of course you have the floor plans and normal stuff. You can also have uh, call trees. You can have... Um, user manuals. 
So in the past with, with a paper and binder, the user manual would sit right next to it. Well, now if it's online, how many times do they use that fire alarm user manual? Now it's online, they can access it from any device if they're on vacation or if they're a different part of the building. So user manuals, they can keep their elevator certificate information updated. Um, it, it's really a lot. Okay. But, but it, it's also important to not try and scare anyone from an ERP, like implementing all that data, yeah. is usually the client will kind of dictate what level of depth they want. Mm -hmm. Some are going to be like, this sounds great. We should have probably already had this in place. Come do a walkthrough, take some photos. I'm cool with that. We'll give you a call. Some are going to be like, we already have a lot of this in place. Let's take it to the next level. And that's where you're going to find some more in detail data collection. So it's really, you know, you're kind of really leading it into the, the customer's hands, whatever can give you that secured square feet. Okay. So on the, I was just thinking about this on the restoration company side. So if you have a specific business development person who is handling ERPs and that's their job, there's going to be some wait time sometimes before there's a loss. Right. And some salespeople are really heavily driven by that commission. So it's like, well, okay, maybe I have a base salary. You're paying me to go set these up, but now I'm going to have to wait to get that commission. Have you found any, um, creative ways that restoration companies have set up this position to kind of incentivize that person who's selling them, who is driven by the commission. Now they're going to have to wait for a loss. Um, not specifically. I don't get to too much into that. I mean, I do get some questions from um, prior managing uh, commercial account managers, but not necessarily. Um, you know, there could be a lack of time. Typically I find it more, where the, you know, the manager, the owner's the one that's a little antsy, uh, to be, to, to yeah. be honest. So, yeah. uh, from a business development person, uh, you know, the only creative way to, is, is to maybe, uh, get outside the box of a normal large disaster and ask them if they've got, you know, normal inspections you can do or mold related items, something that's a little bit more common. Okay. That makes sense. And some sales, I mean, they might be okay waiting, knowing that big loss is coming. So it will be worth it. <laughs> okay. Anything we didn't touch on related to ERPs that you think we should add in here? Um, you know, I think that the main thing to understand is that it, it is a commitment. Um, and you should really, if you're going to do it, you know, really commit your, your have a salesperson in place, make sure they're committing a minimum of 50% of their time uh, to this and making sure you're tracking it and, and tracking the KPIs on, on an ongoing basis, because, as a manager, if one of the things I like always like to have seen is, you know, if we're getting square feet and we're getting ERP sold month over month, that's going to turn into work. You know, you, you can't tell me that a million square feet secured is that that's zero dollars. That's just very unlikely. So, um, so ma managing your tracking your KPIs, um, and you know, here's here's the thing to understand. If you're going after commercial work, um, and I kind of wrote this in, in this article that I wrote for you in, in explaining, it's really hard for salespeople to just walk in to back to your question about ATI and Blue Sky. It's really hard for them to walk in the front door, just ask for a lunch, ask for, tell them how different they are because they respond quickly. They do this or that differently. They've been around in the business for a while. These facility managers you know, they, for whatever reason, they see a lot of the restoration companies, water damage cleanup companies, very similar. You, you have to show up with the value added approach and it could be ERPs. It could be doing just strictly Matterports. It could be doing, 
you know, equipment staging, it could be doing different strategies, but I think just showing up and asking for lunches and following up every other month is just not going to get the job done when you have really good companies out there performing ERPs or performing other things for these, these organizations and they have relationships in place. So we, we need a differentiator. That That's a good point. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm going to save the marketing topic for another episode because I think that's completely separate and we could go on for probably hours on marketing alone. So um, yes, be sure to check out Jeff's articles on cnrmagazine.com. I know that he had another one from 2018 um, that he's on SEO and other topics. So be sure to check those out along with this one. Thank you, Jeff, for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, And stay tuned for another episode where we talk about marketing because we're gonna have to do that next. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. For more restoration today, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com or find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.